Can you hear me? Guillermo. Hey, Alan. How's it going? Good. Welcome to uh, uh, Calgary Business Podcast. Yeah. You know, Guillermo, this is episode number 112. You're very prolific. And, uh, well, I keep records of that. I have to keep records. I'm an accountant. There you go. Fair that. This is, uh, but Guillermo Salazar, that's, uh, you're on the line. You're in the, the remote studio today. Yes, precisely. I don't see what you see. You do not see what I see. No, that's true. That's true. And I would actually have to argue this is remarkably simple. Well, it is actually. And I, I literally, I, it's been fantastic. This is the, I think the 11th or 12th one I've done remotely. So, yeah. Uh, but look at you, your businesses. I see what you see. So maybe start, let's start there. Well, let's just, let me just give you two seconds. I'm going to get out of my office because oh, okay. my, na- my neighbor is doing some, um, <laughs> they're, <clears throat> they're taking a, well, two things. Like My office is all, um, hardwood, yeah, and so it gets really echoey in your recording. And also, my neighbor has just started um, taking a whole bunch of stone off the side of his house, so it's causing a little extra noise. So, yeah, good thing. The good thing I don't see what you see. See precisely. I, I don't. I love that mark. I think there's a definitely natural brand marketing brand. I don't know how. You, obviously, you you thought of that one because it's a great marketing. Oh, thanks, man. You know, it's funny, and it's, it's funny how people receive it, because either they like it or they don't like it, but they never forget it. <laughs> so, so I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> well, it reminds me of, there was someone, a professor in marketing in, back at UFC way back when, um, was, they had this WYSIWYG. It was yeah. what, you, what you see is what you get, and yeah. a lot of people, you know, it was just like, what is that? You know, like. People put acronyms on, and, and today's obviously in today's three-letter acronyms or four, you know, whatever it is. The, you know, the I am laugh still there. M A A O or uh, whatever it is. You know, like I, the other day I saw one T L D R. I was what I no clue what that is. Do, do you know what T L D R is? T L D L T L. No, talk to you late. No, T L D R. Yeah, so it's too long. Didn't read. So if someone's you know. I'm like, what is that? And the people use, like, I see it on, like, formal, well, I don't know, formal, but posts, so, anyway. Oh, funny. Yeah, so what, how did you start, what is that, because you got several things going on, but I like Yeah. We, just, we start with, I see what you see. Sure, yeah, no, it's a good story. Um, so, do you want to start recording now, or how do you work, how do you? Oh, we've been thing? recording the last two and a half minutes. Okay, well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, the world, the world knows about your neighbor and his stones. Yeah, fair that. Um. No, so we started with the common problem we've all felt experienced before. Um, whereas, you know, we were—I I came home one day and I was a bit frustrated with uh, a customer service experience that I knew could be better, and yeah. I described it to uh, who my now co-founders. Who I was actually I was crashing in their office at the time, and I said, "Hey, look, um, this really—you know—this could have been a whole lot." Of, but it was as a, a fellow was helping me over the phone how to fix my garage door opener. And I said right. to my 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 to my co-founders now, and I said, "Hey, this is really could have been way easier if he could see what I was looking at." But for forty-five right. minutes, he's asking me to count the blinking lights to pull this button, and I'm just like, "Oh, for God's <laughs> sakes, this is going to be better." And so they said, "You know what? Same thing happened to me. I paid a guy, you know, to come out. Danny said yeah. I paid a guy to come out to uh, to fix my furnace, and he came out and he kind of you know cleaned something off. Took him five minutes, and it cost me two hundred bucks. And and Luke, same story. He said, "You know, I had the same issues with my modem." We all had similar, you know, services and so, or yeah. uh, issues of services. And so we made a commitment to try and fix that. And what was interesting is that the customer experience wasn't on a lot of our buyers' priority list. 
right? So the fact that it took a long time for me to get my uh, garage door opener fixed didn't really matter to anybody who sold garage door openers. Right. And so we had to go and, you know, pivot our, I don't say pivot, but change our messaging around the cost savings that was uh, available. And then eventually find the right match between a customer who, where service was a cost. And in all those cases where service was a cost, we became very appealing and then extend that into people where they have safety uh, as a, as a uh, KPI or um, emissions as a KPI, then all of the, you know, then our motivation of reducing trips was very well aligned. So, you know, we started out with a problem and then we went, we went to the wrong customer right away. And then we eventually found the right customers and uh, we've had a lot of success. It's been been a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, it just, I'm just going back to your story of the garage door opener. And it's literally, I'm going back to the, I was in the factory in Qatar. Yeah. And as a CFO, you know, we were, it just, you looked at everything that was stupid costs. And one was printing three copies and they were building a major plant and three copies of, which we had to pay for the, <laughs> of the manuals for maintenance manuals. And I'm thinking, first of all, online. Secondly, you know, where there's going to be stored if it's in 40 degree heat, which is 40 degrees Celsius, outside, right? And it was incredible. And, I, and you just literally what you just said, if you put that on a, some kind of a, the guy's got to switch the valve or a pump yeah. or whatever it is, really, wow. There's, there's probably ubiquitous what you guys have could probably be so many cases across the globe. But so what was your first use case or not your, but your, your customers, case. our first customer yeah, use customers. case that was commercial was, yeah. uh, and it's still our biggest use case right now is if you call um, Atco uh, in yeah. Alberta and um, are seeking support for your, and you're complaining of um, no heat within your furnace, yeah. they will do a no, an ICHUC call with you first to determine, you know, what's the scope of the, of the, of the issue. And in many cases, I think they're at 70%, 75%. They're able to get you up and running Remote. on your furnace or at least get you put in the wrong direction because they're not, they're not um, equipped to fix all issues. So imagine how frustrating sure. it would be dead of winter, right? You know, let's say it's minus whatever outside and you have a no heat in your furnace and you call Atco and Atco says, I'll be there in 36 hours. Atco gets there and they go, oh, you know what? Um, thanks for waiting 36 hours, but we can't, we can't fix this problem. You've got to call a mechanical contractor who's going yeah, to call, you're yeah. going to call them and they'll say, well, it'll be another 36 hours or 48 hours. And meanwhile, you know, time has passed and you've been uncomfortable and, and that's, that's across all types of industries. And so now in, in, in a, in a COVID era, um, you can't, I was just going to say, this is brilliant. This- you, you don't even have to, the guy can't make it out or if yeah. you literally can avoid that. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's really a safety issue for, um, well, for, for all of our customers, employees. And so now what's been um, exciting for us, because our mission has always been to transform sales, customer or sales field and customer service in that order. Right. And, uh, and sales for us to kind of get our head around because uh, you're really distru- uh, disrupting existing channels. Right. And, uh, and COVID has really helped us um, work with our customers to determine new ways of creating virtual channels because it's our belief that if we can create virtual channels channels for sales field and customer service, we can yeah. create a world where you can serve anyone, any, any, anywhere, anytime, and most importantly, enable access to service and enable opportunity to deliver service. So if you're, if you're, um, you know, let's say a senior technician uh, with 40, 45 years of service, and maybe yeah. you're not able to go into those tiny sp- spaces anymore, but you have this rich memory of how to fix everything, <laughs> right? 
a little, a little too much weight. Yeah. A too much yeah. Holiday turkey. Yeah. But now you can actually offer service. And then the opposite is true if you're in a remote region, right? And, and, and in order to get someone to service your, uh, your issue would require yeah. a drive out fee, a fixed fee, and then the drive back fee, right? Because the, the people want to get paid for their time. So really, I mean, a lot of it is is trying to move the world from a hour based outcome into an outcome based model uh, by eliminating the cost of that trip. And if you eliminate that cost of the trip, well, you can really focus on customer service. But it does start from that that the garage the garage door opener, and I think I had the same issue when I moved into this. Literally, I moved. I've been overseas for eighteen years, and it was there was always a and in the Middle East particularly. Whenever you rent someplace, you get a, you have a maintenance contract, and the, a team of three show up. Yeah. One can be for plumbing, one one is for the HVAC or the heating ventilation. The other could be you know electrician. So it's literally they have different teams, and they show up at any time. Yeah. But wow, I could see this just look, dude. Here it is. I, I don't need you to come. Yeah. Here's exactly the photo. What? So what do you do? Is it a? Is it a? It's really simple. Um, we we you know recognizing the customer is going to be frustrated. Uh, at yeah. that, because you're kind of you're, you're choosing to invoke your service at peak frustration, right? And uh, and the technician is, is needs to focus on the customer, and so it's got, it can't be complicated. And uh, and so what it is, the technician logs into a hub or a console uh, on yeah. the web. There's no apps, no downloads, nothing like that. And they they log in, they create a session, they send a text message, gets sent automatically to the customer. Customer clicks the link in a URL, and they're on a video call. And then augmented markup in the video call so they can help direct yeah. the customer like one of the things that we always observed uh, when looking at they're talking to techs when they are uh, fielding calls from customers it's often an interrogative process right like do you see that or it's kind of get a little bit demeaning right whereas like you know are yeah. you capable of seeing the blinking light yeah yeah or you can't count the blinks right on a blinking led light like you know things like that, and and with the with the visual support and with the, the markup, yeah. it's a it's a collaborative conversation. And so you go from an interrogation into this, we fix this together or we evaluate this together, and then the subsequent call, if someone still has to go, that technician is 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 armed with rich information about what the well problem informed. is. Yeah, and they don't arrive and go, oh, I'm the wrong guy or I've got the wrong part. So you eliminate all those second trips. So. It, it creates a tremendous amount of efficiency for wow. both the customer and the service provider. You know, it sounds like when you, when you fit the login, I don't know if you ever, you know, when the IT guy, cause the remote, when I, it's was like remote. Yeah. Like and, remote, what do you call it? Remote desktop, that kind of thing. Yeah. He gets in and he or she gets in, they, they take control of your desktop and you see the mouse moving yeah. around. Yeah. Kind of like so, you know, I'm thinking the bomb, like if I ever get in a situation when I got to defuse a bomb, I'm just going to call you. We, yeah. We'll call the, call the bomb <laughs> diffusing agency and they'll be able to step yeah. you through it. The guy lines up and he goes, he doesn't have to wear You don't, do I need to put the jacket on? No, you're yeah, okay. Yeah. We cut the yellow wire, Whatever yellow wire, another red wire. Exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, but this is, this is one of, it looks like you've got, I mean, you know, trolling through your LinkedIn profile and you've got a couple of other, yeah. I mean, I like the hockey link and you've got, Let's start there. Raven Hockey. Yeah, Raven, Raven's a really incredible kids? story. And it's, it's given us, myself and my two business partners, uh, an opportunity to really provide a tremendous amount of joy to a lot of uh, young athletes in the world. And um, so Raven started uh, eight or nine years now, 2012, right. yeah, eight years ago now. And um, it started with the conversation, you know, we were, you know, we were playing uh, all three of us on the same hockey team, all uh, three of our boys, so we were on the same hockey team. And they're at an age yeah. where 
Um, they're all different shapes and sizes. And uh, one of my business partners, Sean, he um, his boy was tall and lanky and basically couldn't find a hockey stick that was suitable for him to play with. It was the, the options were either cutting down a long stick, uh, which yeah. made it very difficult to maneuver and handle, and plus being heavier, or, or, or putting a plug in a very narrow stick, which so in e- either case, it didn't actually work. And we took a look at the sticks in the marketplace and took a look at the way sticks were marketed and, and, and um, uh, what do you call it? Well, that's yeah. amazing because that's probably like the 10. He's, I, I'm thinking 10, 11, 12 years old when the boys are all different sizes. Yeah, but it starts, it starts at five. At five, you've got kids that are much bigger okay. and stronger. And so our market yeah. is really from five-year-olds to 13-year-olds is our core market. And, uh, you know, our, our goal is to create a similar shooting experience um, all the way from five through to 13. And at which point the market is really crowded. And so we didn't want to compete in that space. And so, you know, when you're formative years and you're learning how to shoot, your shooting tools should be the same or pass or, or handle and and so we built a stick that's consistent all across those um, those age groups, and we'll always have that distinctive yeah. Raven feel, and um, and our customers reward us with that. But we get, you know, in, in an industry that has virtually zero loyalty in the stick category, we get six years of loyalty out of most of our our athletes. And so, well, I guess the kids if they grow up with it, and then but so they grow up with it, they'll use it when they get to junior. Well, they get they get up to Pee Wee's usually when they start dropping off. And there is also a lot yeah. less, I mean, you know, a 12 year old has um, more control over brand selection than say a five or six year old or a 10 year old. And, and a lot sure. of our marketing is emotionally targeted. And so it's about um, like, we celebrate the player, not so much like um, professional players. And so we've got a player of the month campaign that we've been rolling for almost two years now where we celebrate a player that's skating with a Raven. We yeah. make a poster out of them. We send them a whole bunch of stuff and, uh, and nice. we really, like I said, we celebrate the joy that comes with minor hockey and, and the, the, the celebration and just the incredible part of being in minor hockey in Canada. Well, in North America, around the world, actually, I should say. We've got lots. Have you, because so, I, mean, I, I go back, you know, years ago when Graf, Graf, Graf moved yep. here, uh, somewhere down in Inglewood, behind Inglewood there, and I think they're gone yeah, now. They're I, gone, I'm yeah. I'm shocked. Which is crazy, because, you know, it was, it was, for me, it was that, I don't know what, what was missing, but with, uh, listening to you and I'm thinking branding, you create a brand at five, brand awareness at five years old. You got a whole campaign around that, and the kid, you know, they feel pride in dad. I want, I want that Raven yeah. stick because if you go, if you go to Tuxedo, I don't know if Tuxedo's yeah. still yeah, there. Tuxedo carries our sticks. Know, whatever they carried, whatever they carried, you, you, that's pretty much what you. I mean, if they carry your stick, but I'm going back to when I was a kid, right? Um, Graph was so rare when I was growing up, but it was like this kind of elite skates and then for a while it became mainstream and is it still around? well what or? happened i mean i think that the and and speaking from observation not from inside yeah. information or anything like that is sure yeah I'm just yeah from being I, in the yeah. industry i mean graph fell into the problem where they went heavy into hard goods and protective and and yeah. that is a difficult category to be in i mean skates is skates right. are difficult but i mean graph was known for being best skate and protective is very difficult to differentiate in addition, it's right. always covered by a jersey. So it's hard to differentiate and hard to showcase. And oh, whereas right, the skate right. is they were able to differentiate in the skate and it's noticeable on a hockey player. If you don't have a skate and a stick, you're not playing hockey, right? And so, yeah. so they, they did really well on the skate part. And, um, and the skate category isn't free to anybody either. I mean, you've got to carry 16 SKUs for every single model because you've got to have every single size and half size, right? 
That's right. And that's right. Uh, and so that's and those are expensive inventory. And then they got into protective and all of this stuff. They really made a bet to go big. So just overexerted, yeah. overexerted themselves. Like I mean, some iconic brands in uh, in Calgary. Again, going way back, Food City gone. You know, I mean, they just overextended yeah. themselves. But but let's talk about the because it sounds like you've come up with two brands uh, based on personal problems. Like you you guys saw the hockey yeah. issue with the boys, and then you saw this this services issue what uh have you have you found things today in this COVID 19 i guess your eyes that's what you see yeah it consumes every single waking hour at this point uh we're definitely at that stage where of a startup where you're completely lights out uh as far as um like your days and committing to the the company and then uh you've got no cash you've got no time (laughs) and you've got more people knocking your door than you can handle but you don't know how to manage all that. So you just constantly, you know, working with our existing customers to develop their capabilities. Sure. So you kind of got your order of priorities, right? It's like, it's a new customer or existing customers, uh, new customers, new features, uh, and then new stories and then raising capital and then, you know, all that other yeah. stuff. Right. And, It is a bit of a balance and you kind of got to let the fires burn a bit and, and not everything gets answered right away. But, um, you know, the, the order does come naturally. And, and again, what you'll see is that uh, with both Raven and with, with ICU2C and, and also with Celesto, my other business, uh, we're, we're partners of three. Like I really, I, I give a lot of credit to solopreneurs because it's not something, it's not a place that I could live. Um, I don't have that kind of, uh, I think you just, I, I would go crazy if it was me. I it just, well, I guess if you have partners, there's good that song to lean on me and you can, you know, lean on each other and, and bounce the ideas. Are you finding that there's more innovation, less innovation or just stand still? You said you're busy, but is it putting out fires or is it innovative coming up with new ways to do business under this? Um, I think that, well, we're, we're developing a whole new way to deliver service. Yeah. So every time we talk to a customer, we actually open with that and saying that, hey, um, the more we talk to a customer, the more we learn our prospect the more we learn about the opportunities here, because you know your business much more than we do. We know our technology and we've got, um, you know, evidence and, and testimonials of how we've transformed people's service, you know, sales, uh, service and, um, and field work. And, and, yeah. and, you know, we, we have customers that walk around, uh, one, one quote from our customers, I got this, I feel like I have a magic finger and I walk around and I point at processes <laughs> and trucks and I go, I see what you see. I see what you see. I see what you see. And they just knock out processes. They knock out trucks right. and, and, right. and tighten their sales surface. And, you know, in the field service uh, process, this, you know, remote work is the most recent transformation since the truck was invented. Like it was the phone was invented then the truck was invented and people have been riding in trucks since 1920. And then now you've got remote field service work. So it's been a hundred years where there's been very little innovation in field work yeah. and sales work and, and uh, I mean, sales work, you've got CRM systems, but field work, there's still guys going in trucks and we're trying to, we're trying to stop that. Well, I guess, I mean, that whole sort of, I, the other thing I think it was the Google yours is you're competing on maybe on a large scale, but for that Google, people can Google that stuff. And I don't mean no, they can, they, they can in, in, in YouTube, right? Yeah. To some extent. yeah. Oh, oh, for sure. You can. Now there's, there's a tremendous amount of, um, you don't want in one, in one degree, your customers are looking to the service providers for solutions and they don't yeah. feel comfortable going into Google. Um, and even I've been, 
you know, I've suffered. If you, if you do do DIY stuff and you do look at YouTube and Google for ideas and, or ways of fixing things, you do find that they're not suitable to your particular circumstance. And, you know, I've spent, I've spent. <laughs> it's a different yeah. model. This doesn't have that. It doesn't have that, that doesn't have that point. Yeah. Like where's that? You know, I'm staring at two wire. white wires and I'm looking for the red and the, the, the red and the yellow one. Right. I mean, so, I mean, it, 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 YouTube serves a purpose for that broad broadcast. Sure. But for a high touch service model like or customer service, those aren't you know sure. you can't leave that to YouTube. It's because it's we're so accustomed to an on demand experience that I, people were willing to pay both from the service delivery side and from a consumption side for their advice that they want to get. And so we're yeah. working we're going into a world now where we have um, design companies and decorating companies offering virtual consultations. And so, and again, when you get into the world where you have zero cost to deliver your service, you can begin to, sorry, I'll say um, zero marginal, zero, zero um, implementation cost, meaning drive trust cost or trip cost to deliver yeah. that service. You yeah. still have labor. Um, you can begin to offer, being creative with your offers. So you can do a call to action on a digital ad for a free 10 minute consultation, right? And, and you can offer that right now or on your schedule. And so that provides an op- another opportunity for a customer engagement that you may not have had before because you're always waiting for the customer to schedule something. Yeah, because it's hard. So that in that case, it's, it's hard to, for you to be proactive. You have to wait. You're reactive to, or not you, but the, the service yeah. call is reactive to somebody, something happening yeah. to whereas them. Whereas now you can actually have a call to action that results in, in an offer to them. So the preventive of something preventing in, in advance. Yeah. I mean, you said you said on the outset you don't have an app or you don't no. have SaaS. Well, we're SaaS. That, we are 100 percent SaaS. We we are a SaaS model, subscription-based model. We do not have an app though. Okay. We do we ours is all web uh, browser-based. So one of the things that we set out to do is uh we find uh apps. So this is a design ethos for us, is we find apps a bit outdated, difficult to maintain. Uh, from a technical platform perspective, you're always trying to push out updates. So you've got to manage everything through the different app stores. So one of the challenges we took on is we were going to do this all with a browser rather than using an app. And that enables a tremendous amount of flexibility from an architecture perspective for us because we only have to have sure. one architecture. Whereas if you've got yeah. um, a web a web uh, console, maybe a physical app you've got to push out. I'm not saying I've got to put that in OS and plus I've got to do it in... Uh, in Windows, and then I've got well, to do one for Apple or for iOS and for Android. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. You just can't be agile. But then there's, I mean, there are there are platforms today. I'm not a tech expert, but there are platforms now for no code, no, uh, you know, it's, it's basically build your own app without all that coding, and it it, it, it it's it's agnostic to the platform. But I'm not, yeah, I'm not yeah. Expert, right? I've heard of those too. Of- you're still you're still on the hook for version management, and then you okay. get so I mean, for us, sure. we'd rather have less features. Uh, with more yeah. breadth in use case and breadth in audience, because you want to be something that becomes part of your process. I can't tell you what you need to see. Yeah, but but I think to your point about the guy who's fifty something or whatever, and he can't get under the furnace, or that there's that whatever it is that yeah. location with the laptop, because the laptop that camera is not going to fit unless you have a webcam. You can pull that web. Is that that would be your solution? I guess here, can you pull the webcam? Then that that's that's dependent on them having a webcam. 
or something more mobile, right? If you're not, well, no, I, I, no, I, maybe I didn't just yeah. I didn't describe it well enough. I mean, your technician can be anywhere in the world, and they can be running off of their mobile device yeah, or yeah, off yeah. their laptop, and then the, the end user is where yeah. the end user is, and they and we rely on the end user. They provide access to their phone, the browser. Sorry, the the, the text message opens yeah. up a browser, which which invokes a permissions for a camera and microphone, at which point. I'll get yeah. you. You can use your phone. Yeah, it's you not... can use your phone for web as long as as long as the program's mobile enabled. It is exclusively mobile enabled. Like our yeah, it is exclusively yeah. mobile, and you know our our belief is that people are best suited to help people, um, and and yeah. there is always some skill on the other end of the line. It may not be the same expertise, but there is some skill, and often yeah. that's you know that's all, all you need to know is to turn the wrench a certain direction. But you're gonna need to have someone to tell you which way to turn that wrench, and if you know how to. But it's incredible! Like it's incredible. I just think that just my moving in here the nine months ago, the little things, and I literally I either googled a friend, I googled, I talked to a friend. It was kind of like that millionaire. What is that show? You know, you, yeah. you get a phone, phone a friend. You can try Google, or you can call yeah. the technician, right? <laughs> Whatever it is, and I've used them. I used those. I finally that I renting the house. I had to get the landlord for a couple of things. So yeah. It's incredible how this sounds a universal application. Well, and and for a it. service technician, and now we're working with some some people that offer multiple service, um, like multiple services, and and for them, they yeah. are able to have like a generalist that can begin to offer guidance, and they're going to charge for that. So, I mean, you're right; you can go YouTube things. That is certainly there's we're not we're not we're not Call fighting against that. But but you know, for a lot of people. There's there's more people that can't make that work out than than those that can, and so we're not trying to 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 replace the YouTube of the world. Um, it's just it's no, no, no. And in fact, what happens is a lot, uh, our videos are principally always recorded, and so you end up generating an internal YouTube of how your technicians yeah. solve those problems. Yeah, wow. So you because you can, there's your content and probably slapping that up now on your website. And it, or put it into a TikTok video, make it fun, and get the five-year-old. If I go to your hockey yeah. stick scenario, right? Get the five-year-old laughing on a TikTok video. Dad, when we part playing again, I want to get that Raven. Yeah, we had, you know, we've like, had, and that's where you know my experience has largely been in in trying to share and create customer experiences that are scalable, and that's that's one thing we did at yeah. Raven because we didn't have any money, and so we. Um, we we learned how to kind of battle in that digital space without any dollars at all. I mean, we didn't didn't do paid ads sure. I think until our fourth, fifth, maybe fifth or sixth year, and uh, and even then we're still better doing organic. And so, so what were we doing? Like posting on the well, what we would do somewhere? is yeah, we started on Twitter, and because uh, at the time, yeah. like eight years ago, Twitter was the dom- Twitter and Facebook were the dominant platforms. Like Instagram was still relatively new. Um, Whatever and TikTok didn't exist, the Snapchat didn't exist. So musically, yeah, musical yeah. Then, and so yeah. yeah, and so what we did is we just it was not cool to be doing a musical. No, no, it's age. not very no, no. That's true, but it's it's a and it was great because as a channel, Twitter was easier to kind of understand than um, yeah than like the concept of hashtags and following is easier to understand in Twitter. And particularly since everybody in your that follows you gets that post, whereas you get into Facebook and Instagram, like only two or three percent of the people that follow you actually see that post. No, you know exactly. That's what if you listen to Gary Vaynerchuk, he, he just talks about you know posting forty yeah. fifty times a day. If you, if, and you probably did you? I mean, if, it, it sounds like you probably learned from some of his earlier. I don't know if you're listening to him back then or if you do now. 
but it sounds like if you you got it early on by you didn't pay any paid ads and you were doing social media you're using social media to yeah drum up yeah well things. one thing we needed to do is we need to create we need to figure out how to create an advocacy engine without knowing who our customers were particularly since we were b2b so an additional challenge for raven is that we were b2b to c yeah right because every single store right. sold our sticks to our customers and we need to create demand from our customers to go to certain stores. That's right. And so we didn't have That's that right. direct con- connection between for conversion. So all we knew is that we knew that if we um, ran ads in a particular area, we could ask hockey players to go call that store. And so we would do things like that are a little cheeky where we'd call out a store and say, Hey, <laughs> where are your Ravens? And then we'd, we'd have, um, and then, and then people in that area, would be calling that store for Ravens, and then they, yeah, because you could you could run a Facebook ad targeted to kids and families with the demographics right. you wanted, and they yeah, yeah you create we'd create we'd create a a localized ad for just um, Whitby Ontario, and we'd say everyone's got to go to nice. uh, this you know this store for this source this store in this area, um, ask them if they've got your Ravens, and then and what we where we really got lucky. Uh, as far as hunches are concerned, uh, from the very beginning, we've used a single hashtag on all of our posts. So if you go to Google and you look up hashtag Raven spotting, there's probably about 10,000 pictures of kids with with Raven hockey sticks. Yeah. And and kind of like that train spot, like yeah. you're literally just getting people to post their, their stick, using yeah. their stick. In, yeah. In and then what happened is that that created the advocacy engine that we needed to have to create demand. And then in addition to that, that gave us right. content that we could turn around and share that wasn't paid. So we had um, like advocates or people that are just thrilled to be using a Raven stick. This is before influencers too. So it was still um, like yep. once influencers came out, influencers came around, it's been very difficult to really to do this because it's not natural anymore. Like it was really authentic and natural back then because you had people that would genuinely post pictures of their kids uh, of your stick because they loved your product and the, and the, the joy that it brought them. And and they and then from there sure, you'd sure. be able to give back to them by helping them out with their hockey tournaments or whatever. But now everyone wants to get nice. paid, and so nice. it's kind of like it's very disingenuous now. Whereas before, it was pretty awesome because we had this great connection with all these people that were doing this out of joy, and we were doing it out of joy at the same yeah. time. And uh, and so now we've got we, we don't have so Raven doesn't have influencers <laughs> now. We've got ambassadors because we still we still. Yeah. Um, you know, we still follow that model. We just have to update it with the current uh, expectations of the ambassadors, and um, and there and it's a good program. We've got uh, you know really good connections with everybody that we 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 work directly with. Um, it just you know yeah. Well, it sounds like if you're like there was a, there was a the um, it was again I think it was Gary Vaynerchuk or one of the crushing it, and the guy it was Foolies it's what it was Foolies clothing, and he put uh, he he had the one they didn't have any money. He had one shirt he made, or maybe two or three screen shirt, screen silk or silk screen shirt, and then he had thousands of people wear it. They kept changing the shirt, and then they post that on Instagram or wherever. I mean, it sounds like if you didn't have, if I had the hockey stick and I, I only have one, here's my mom, and then get thousands of kids across with the Ontario or whatever to wear to hold that stick and, and yeah, then tag but, it but, on. But what uh, we did is they actually hashtag. bought the stick. Like they were they were customers, yeah. right? They were not like all of our yeah. ambassadors. And still, even still today, yeah. they are customers before they become ambassadors. And so one of our rules is that it has to be authentic. And often we get asked from, you know, randoms to say, hey, if you send me three sticks, I'll be your ambassador. I'll do that. And I'll do that for you. We don't, 
we, we, we have to remain, remain authentic to our commitment to our customers that we're hockey parents as well. And we know that a hundred dollar stick yeah. is worth a hundred dollars and, 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 and that's a lot of money. And so we, we tried, we, this is why we try to make a distinction between ambassadors and influencers. You know, I, I think of hockey sticks, I came back from overseas and I, I still have my coho, a fiberglass coho. But 10 years ago, I was playing yeah. in Kazakhstan. One of the, one of the guys, and yeah, look, I, obviously sticks have changed a lot. But the guy, he was, he played in some Russian league, like a pretty serious league. And he goes, where'd you get that stick? And like, he was like, the, I was just, a, I'm just one of those guys who go ups and down the ice. And he was like, he was fascinated by this stick. I'm like, I don't know. I just, I brought it from Canada, which was yeah. five, six years earlier. So. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I bet you that, uh, well, look, that coho's probably got the, the fiberglass splinters all coming out of it. No, no, no. I, oh. I, never, I never use it. So it's intact. I do. I have another one that has it. And it's, you know, when you, you know, when you get, uh, the ref would tell you, you're st- you got to take, you can't, you can't use that stick. It's too thin. It's just, you know, yeah. it, it wears off. The, yes. as you said, the fibers come out, but, um, but the, I, I got to think that when you did the IC, what you see, you started that, you probably had some similar concepts for the brand yeah, like, and I mean, getting creative awareness. One of the when we first started out is that, you know, we, you know, and I think the, the case is true that if you try and start a company today with an English word in the title, like you, you can't find the domain. And so we had to find the domain and it had to be something that wasn't just kind of lame and pithy. And so we looked, we, we kind of thought about it for a bit and, and looked everywhere we could find and, and went around and, and didn't have any you know, immediate luck. And then we, and then we yeah. kind of, I don't even know how we stumbled upon it and looked it up and the, the domain was available. And so we went with that and, and that was the, that was the name and it, it violates all the rules, right? I mean, it's, it's uh, not easily read. Um, if you don't have the capitalization, right. It's, um, it's three <laughs> syllables instead of two. Uh, it, it just doesn't, I mean, yeah. like I said, it's been brought to our attention many times. It doesn't, this is a bad name. And we're like, well, did you remember it? And they said, yes, we actually argued about how bad the name was for 20 minutes. At which point I said, well, we win. Yeah. <laughs> the fact you're... <laughs> yeah, because you created, you brought attention Yeah, to so it it's funny how people who aren't marketers, you know, they'll, they'll form an opinion about something. And the fact that you formed an opinion has already separated my brand from your, from everything else you're talking about. Brilliant. So, I mean, because you could do the long form, yeah, E-Y-E-Y-E, yeah. C E E W H, you know, and U-C-E. then you can't, and then that's your email address. But, like that's a nightmare too. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, no, no, I know. Wow, I, you know, look, Guillermo, I'm really, I'm glad we had this chat. It's kind of fun. We didn't talk about Celesto. Maybe we yeah, can keep we'd Celesto love to. I mean, another uh, day. Yeah, you know, Celesto, we focused on cloud transformation. So you know, it all they all layer in in some way or another. Yeah. I was going to say it's probably yeah, for link. sure. But. um, well, look, you know, stay safe out there. And if there's any, you know, if you've, you know, there's issues that you come up with and you yeah, want to share. You know, if I could to, just, uh, if I could just make an offer to everybody, a, you know, I, I don't know when this is going to air, but presumably we're still in some sort of a lockdown or, or, or I'm hopeful we'll be in a recovery period. But my offer is any of your listeners that are running a small medium business that uh, is kind of, is kind of stuck because sure. they can't, um, they can't serve their customers or they can't, you know, generate sales. Please reach out to us um, at our website, icwhatyouc.com, and um, and we would love to help you. And we'll do it at no charge, just to get you up and running and get unstuck. Uh, it's the community is really important to us, really? and, and certainly um, be imaginative. It doesn't matter what business it is in. We're helping restaurants uh, export, um, you know, master chef experiences, an example. So everything you 
think, even though you may think that you're stuck, sometimes we can have a offer a perspective that may get you unstuck. Well, I think that's wonderful. And this will go out oh, great. in the next few minutes. <laughs> but it'll go out today and I'll send you the link. But yeah, thank you for that. And I, I'm certainly, if I, when I can think of what I'll see. All right, perfect. Thanks a lot, Al. <laughs> but Guillermo, really. You thanks too. Take a lot, care. Man, Keep and, well. And stay safe.